This is the Blue Bomber Podcast with CFL Hall of Famer and my broadcast partner, Doug Brown. He was gone. He was off to the races. Just when you thought it was going to be a huge play, a big missed field goal return up the left. Talk about an explosive sudden change play. This place is deadly quiet right now. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast in iTunes or at CJOB.com. Welcome back. It is the Blue Bomber Podcast with Doug Brown. I'm Greg Mackling on the heels of another Winnipeg Blue Bomber victory, this time in Edmonton against the Eskimos. And Doug Brown, believe it or not, that's two in a row at Commonwealth Stadium for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. And more importantly, I've run out of ways to nitpick and needle this football team and convince myself of reasons why they might lose the game. Are you falling on the sword here, Doug Brown? I wasn't going to bring up the fact that one of the two of us picked the Blue Bombers to win unquestionably this past weekend. Uh, Me picked them to win. You were not so sure. Are you falling on the sword, Doug? I could just, you know, every single game up to this point, well, and including this game, I had a concern as to why they might lose the game. And so they go into Edmonton. Edmonton had a week off. Edmonton lost five games in a row. Edmonton's proud, great football team with Mike Riley, the quarterback of all quarterbacks, and Jason Moss, the Doogie Hauser savant of, of young of young coaches in the CFL. And I'm like, wow, they're going to, you know, and I remember how the Bombers play in Edmonton for the most part. I'm like, this is going to be real tough. You know, I think Edmonton's got all this time now. They got guys getting healthy. They're going to put a game plan together, and they're just going to wax the Bombers, right? So then the Bombers go and they win. They don't necessarily play very well offensively for a first half. They certainly don't have the kicking game they're used to. Oh, my. And the defense comes out of nowhere, pitches a shutout in the first half, which is the complete opposite of what they've done all entire year. And at the end of the game, I'm just sitting there with Bob, and I'm going, you know what? I'm no longer going to focus on why the opponent could beat this football team now. I think it's time to switch gears. I think the the realization dawns on you that you should figure out in what way are they going to win the game. I'm trying not to pound my desk, but did I not ask you, did I not sit here and ask you, is it not about time that the Edmonton Eskimos look at the Blue Bombers as the measuring stick, the litmus test versus the other way around? I was leading you there, Doug. I was dragging you, kicking and screaming, and if it's possible for someone of my stature to drag someone of your stature to the water, not have them drink, we saw it. In our last podcast, are you with me now? Yeah, Will you drink from you the know, trough with me. It's almost like like they were nine and three, and now they're ten and three, and you don't even realize that. You're like, you should. Why are why was I not focusing on the fact that the Edmontons were seven and five, and now the Edmontons are flirting? Uh, the Edmonton Eskimos are flirting with being the I first like that team. You call them the Edmontons. Keep calling them the, that. They are the first team that is flirting with having won their first seven games in a row and losing their next seven games in a row. Right? Like it's it's unbelievable. So, you know, it's funny. I, I wrote a list of all the games they play this year and I just reflected back on what my thoughts were and what I was concerned about uh, so week one they beat Saskatchewan and you know I, I rationalized that by saying well Saskatchewan was tied for last in the CFL in 2016 and it was only in overtime so, so how was that an accomplishment? Tie, big deal I know is that so that, yeah. that's nothing that's right a throwaway win and then they lost to Calgary in week two, yeah, so which we expected them to. So right. that further cemented our, our belief that, sure. hey, this team cannot be that good. Mm-hmm. And then they beat Toronto, I believe. And I don't even remember that game. I just put Eastern team. I don't even know who it was. <laughs> it was an Eastern team. So we just dismissed that. 
out the door already. They lost to BC, which is something they didn't do last year in the regular season at all. They swept BC in the regular season last year. So that snowballed with me that, oh, no. You know, now they're worse against BC than they were last year. Now they're on a losing streak. Well, all of a sudden they're 2-2, right? Yeah, exactly. And they're on a a two-game losing streak to the BC Lions, one in the playoffs and one in the regular season now. So I'm like, okay, now I'm really worried about this team. Then they beat Montreal, but it was... However, barely. Yeah, but it was the most improbable victory you could ever imagine in the world. All the stars had to align. It was crazy. What was it? 12 points in a minute and 40 seconds. Or yeah, 94 seconds. Like, basically 100 seconds. Okay, you're hanging. So you're like, that's the biggest fluke ever, right? Well, you're dangling on the hook there. I'm going to let you off the hook because you said at that time, if my memory serves me correctly, you said at that time that this is the type of win that could send them on a series of wins, that it's a type of thing that galvanizes a team. So I'm going to let you off the hook a little bit. Return to yourself, Wolving. So I might have said that, but obviously I didn't believe it, Greg. You know, it might have. It might be something it's a, to the media. It's an observation again? you have. It doesn't mean you're actually buying into it because then they beat the Red Blacks. But it was the Red Blacks that had found different ways to lose in the fourth quarter, and they're having their Henry Burris hangover. And Trevor Harris was like, Oh my God, I'm up here all alone on the big stage by myself. Who will hold my hand? Henry Burris is not here anymore. So you discount that victory. Then they beat Hamilton in Hamilton. And we were worried that, oh, this is a trap game because Hamilton hasn't won a game. So, wow, what a a chance for the Bombers to be knocked off their pedestal, Mm -hmm. brought down a peg or two. And I was with you on that. We were on that same raft together. So We were like, we're both worried about that. Nervous Nelly's on that game. And then they beat the Eskimos. But the Eskimos had... 87 players on the six-game injured reserve. It wasn't even this, you know, no receivers, no running back, no J.C. Sherrod, nobody. I didn't even know who they were playing. I didn't know what team. So I was like, oh, right, that went off, okay? Then they played Montreal again. They had to go to overtime to beat uh, Montreal. Is turning out to be one of the worst teams in the CFL, and you know, it took overtime to beat them. So, uh, and then they go to Labor Day and lose that game. And you're like, oh. You know, they won Labor Day last year. Those are the real Blue Bombers, right? We thought we had it figured out after Labor Day. That's who they are. This is the team they're going to be henceforth. Back to normal. And then winning the Banjo Bowl, really, if if you're going to be skeptical, if you're going to be cynical... It just equates to the problems of having to win two games in a row, right? Right, right. No, they always split. It's very unusual. Very hard to do, back-to-back. You know, they're not motivated coming out here. Whatever. But then we have the Edmonton game. When I, all those reasons, I'm not going to say again oh, why. You forgot Ottawa, the 29 Oh, yeah, win, yeah, with the third the string. Force win. With the third string quarterback at the helm, <laughs> starting his first game ever, right? Yeah, I yep, mean, yep. so what? You know, who couldn't beat... So what was ten, his name? Lindley or something right, like that? Lindley. So we have 10 sheets of paper yeah. representing 10 victories for the Blue Bombers, and nine of them we can discard into the waste paper or the recycling bin. Well, that's just, uh, you know, and the phenomena is what you try to explain is, is why your mind, you know, it's the fact that the team, the franchise, has not won a championship since 1990, been to a number of great cups, but lost in every different conceivable fashion and way. So... You know, you get a perspective, finally, after the Edmonton game, finally I get a perspective, 13 games in the regular season of 2017, you get a perspective, I didn't have any excuses for Edmonton. I had all these reasons why Edmonton should win the game. Didn't have any excuses whatsoever for why they might lose to the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Winnipeg Blue Bombers go out there, 
the first half of the game, they don't play very well other than only defensively. Oh, just their defense. Just their defense. Edmonton to no yeah, points. Yeah, does amazing. They win the game, and that's when it dawns on you. It's, it's like a wake-up call, right? Mm-hmm. It's like it's like finding out you have to go to AA because you were in denial. You're in denial for 14, 15 weeks of the regular season, and then you're like, hey, I have a problem. And I sat down. My name and after is the Doug Edmonton, Brown. And I have a problem. Say I it, did Doug. not. My name is Doug Brown, and <laughs> I believe in the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. I do now. I didn't believe in the Blue Bombers, and now I'm coming to the realization that I need to go to meetings on a weekly basis. That's why we're here. And uh, and meet with you and go over why they should be favored, why they're expected to win, and how they are a better football team than 99% of the football teams they're playing right now. That's what we finally figured out. Because it took Edmonton, it took me having five reasons why Edmonton should win that game. And the Bombers went in there, and it was just business as usual. It was next game up. We had to listen to O'Shea say he still doesn't know who they're playing next week. You know, but it works for these guys. It's it's incredible. So we I'm heard, on now, man. We heard him on the every coach. game now. So. We heard him on the coaches show last night say we play Calgary the last game of the year. Oh, come yeah, on, Mike. Imagine You're full that. Of shit. Imagine come on, Mike. that. I wish I wish I could get paid four hundred thousand dollars a year to not know what I'm doing next week. That would be amazing. No, you're good for the next week. It's the oh, week sorry. after that. Sorry, two weeks That's from right. now. Two weeks in advance. My bad. Hey, uh, maybe Jerry, you could now cue the MC Hammer. Time for too legit to quit. We'll take a break. We come back. We'll set up this week's game. Hamilton Tiger Cats coming to town to play the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Oh, and I have a little bit of a bone to pick with Doug Brown when we come back again, again. Whether Bomber fans call or text, Bob Irving makes sure your questions get answers from Mike O'Shea. It's your chance to stay connected to the blue and gold. The Payworks Bombers Coaches Show with Mike O'Shea and Bob Irving, Monday at 7 on CJOB. Hey, hey, it's G-Mac and Doug Brown for the Blue Bomber Podcast. And I just want to thank everyone for downloading, sharing, and subscribing to the Blue Bomber Podcast. We have broken the 10,000 certified played record uh, since the launch of this podcast we want to thank each and every one of you for getting involved and enjoying the podcast and we want to thank you you know how we're going to do it we're going to send you to a blue bomber game there's only one way to win 204-780-6868 in honor of thanksgiving turkey hopefully the bombers don't create one lay one deliver one friday night we're feeling confident so in honor of thanksgiving the secret word today on the blue bomber podcast is turkey text it now 204-780-6868 for your chance to see the blue bombers play courtesy the blue bomber podcast welcome back to the blue bomber podcast with doug brown let's get back to the action Welcome back. It is the Blue Bomber Podcast with Doug Brown. I'm Greg Mackling, and uh, you, you look better. You, you feel better? A great weight has been lifted off my... I just feel clean now. I was like... I felt dirty for the first 13 weeks of the season, and now... Just fully clean. I don't know, man. I feel like I'm just... Uh, I'm reborn, really, is, is how I, I feel. So. Well, the studio, if you've ever yeah. seen it, and if you've not, more importantly, it's like a confessional in here. <laughs> So Doug's come in. He's, he's confessed. Hopefully, his this sins. remains private between me and you, right? Yes, of yeah. course. It's yeah, we just wouldn't share this us. with anyone. Absolutely not. Uh, only our best friends uh, listening right now. And by the way, I want to thank everyone out there who's downloaded, shared, listened. Doug, you don't even know this, but last week we surpassed ten thousand certified downloads for the Blue Bomber podcast. So thank you to everyone who has uh, made this the top six eighty CJOB podcast, and it's. 
don't tell anybody else it's not even close well it's it's costing me a lot of money to pay these people one dollar for every download well, they you do better start writing those checks yeah. and be like seinfeld your <laughs> hands gonna be very sore so i do have a bone to pick with you before Yo. we talk about uh, hamilton i like how up. you're just dropping this on me well you we know what no you know why because i you know i feel much better too now that you okay. and i are on the same time go We've ahead ambush me man all throughout the season ambush me go but ahead you know what Blindside every me. week every week you come in here and and you know we do the little bit of uh yimmer yammer on the uh pre-game show and then I give you and Bob a little bit of an opportunity to get a break and do the halftime show. I mention your column in the Winnipeg Free Press every single podcast, but you don't mention the podcast anywhere in your Winnipeg Free Press column. What is the deal with that? <laughs> um, well, I do the column before the podcast, right? So I don't even know what really, I mean, I, until four minutes ago, I didn't know what we were going to talk about today on the podcast, right? So it's, and I mean, there's so intertwined because I get this idea. I write the column and then, you know, a couple days later, we're doing the podcast. I'm able to expand on that on my, I get much clearer about what I wrote. I didn't even really understand what I'm writing a lot of times. Everyone that read my column, I don't really understand what I'm saying. takes a couple days to digest that. And then I get clarity of thought and then I come on here. So they're obviously linked and it's it's everyone. It's obvious, but you that they're one and the same. Okay, thank okay? you, Doug. I appreciate that. And the clarity now should. And besides, I don't think my everyone. sports lawyer would allow me. Okay. Yeah, oh, okay. Let's, that let's, as let's well. make okay. make that part really clear, and that's fair. I just wanted to put you on the spot because you know what? I don't typically have the opportunity to do exactly that. Bombers uh, looking forward to the game. Hamilton coming into town. There are several scenarios uh, that the Blue Bombers can actually this early in the season clinch a playoff spot, and part of that has to do with the ineptitude of the Eastern Division teams. But if Saskatchewan and Edmonton lose along with the Blue Bomber win, they clinch a playoff game. If Saskatchewan, Edmonton, and BC lose, the Bombers clinch second place minimum and a home playoff game and the Western semifinal. I mean, we've talked about this a little bit. Uh, the First of all, the idea of the Bombers having a home playoff game, that increases what you did last year, right? Obviously, the uh, to a certain extent, the goal. But in terms of looking forward, we've talked about the fact that O'Shea doesn't or says that he doesn't. The players say they don't because they're drinking the Kool-Aid or the mango juice or whatever they're serving. We play in Calgary at the end of the year? Is that where we play? Yes, you do. Okay. <laughs> but you and I have freed ourselves from that. Are the players behind the scenes going, man, would we ever love to play a home game in the first round of the playoffs? Yeah, I think, you know, I think that's the writing on the wall. Is To me, I'm not looking at scenarios. where I'm looking at the Bombers hosting, getting second place, be amazing. You know, that's, that's the overhanging fruit right now is that last regular season game against Calgary. Whether Calgary can slip and stumble a bit and make that game meaningful, that would be amazing. Either way, I'm looking for the Bombers to get a, a home playoff game either as a first-place finisher, more likely as a second-place finisher. And to me, the rest of the regular season – because I know now, I believe now, in my this team is going to win their games. Uh, I don't have to it. worry about that anymore. Um, it's it's watching who's going to come here. Obviously, I think everyone in the province. I mean, if Saskatchewan comes here for the semifinal, Could the Western semifinal, imagine? oh, that would just that would be so delicious. Oh, I would just magical. love to get my hands on that. And and or so watching them and or Edmonton uh, vie, uh, who's going to cross over? Who's going to come here? Um, 
I don't even know which one's more favorable. I, I think I'd probably rather cross over than come here in uh, late in the year in the CFL season. It's not going to be pretty in any way, shape, or form. We understand now how loud IGF can get. We understand how good this team can play in inclement weather conditions. And now they have a defense. Like it's. Uh, you Are know, we sure about that? Well, yeah, right. Once is a, a fl- I used to have a saying once is a fluke, twice is a coincidence, three times you actually have something going so on week, that is a trait. This right? week we so, could create a trend. Yeah. Or the I mean, bombers should And it's not like they've been horrific every week, right? They've obviously. Uh, they've been they've contributed to some of the wins the bombers have had it's just their offense has been so consistent so steady so reliable that you know the the defense has kind of been the the, the red-headed stepchild that you know kind of on and off and sporadic and hit or miss but last week we saw wow it just gave us uh, I think everyone that watches this team and 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 roots for it gives you a, a little picture, a little window into how good could this football team be if the defense plays like that all the time and or they continue along this uh, progression and get better. And we talked to Mike O'Shea after the game about it, and he was like, hey, it just takes time with these guys. They're so young back there, and they've been moving guys around, and now they're kind of set. Now they kind of got the guys fixed in their spot. You know, they have some injuries, whatever, they're dealing with it. Every team is doing it. But, you know, their back end just looks amazing right now. And it's kind of like pick your poison for quarterbacks. Used to be, hey, throw to this side of the field because well, we know. Four. Yeah, four. exactly. Right. And now now guys are stepping up and it's getting much more uniform and balanced back there. And it's just a dangerous proposition. So it's it's real exciting um, to realize and to have this in front of you uh as uh, as someone that 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 works covering this football team, or supports it, watches it, whatever, that you're going to get that home playoff game. It's who it's going to be against, and uh, the opportunity to go forward and go to Calgary is is right there, and that's well, amazing. Chris Randall, we didn't mention it in the first segment. Uh, you and I had the discussion about who the most outstanding player on defense was, and we threw out a shout out to Chris Randall. Unfortunately, typically defensive backs don't get that honor, but you have to suggest and and just requalify the whole idea that Chris Randall has become such a key cog in what the Blue Bombers do two times now in a row against Edmonton to get the key play, the key interception in the case of the game this past Saturday in Edmonton, the pick six to seal the deal when Mike Riley, you still had that nervousness, right? This is a guy that's going to drive the field and find a way to get the points. Brian Walker's been very good on the corner since they put him out there. And now, you know, you talk about you talk about injuries, Ian Wilde. Practicing again this week. We're not likely to see him Friday, but he could be ready for the following week at home against British Columbia. And so now, in the meantime, you have Santos Knox coming out and saying, hey, what about me? <laughs> yeah, he's he's played very well. Uh, you look at his stat sheet from last game. Uh, you look at his closing speed. It's It's been uh, just incredible. And I, I forgot something about the deal. Oh, Chris Randall, I wanted to just say, you know what he's doing right now? What's he doing? It's is he very baiting. Is he baiting? It, do you say dating or baiting? Baiting. Yeah, he's baiting. Exactly. I was gonna say it's very Richard Sherman esque. You didn't even know I knew that word. You didn't even know I knew what that was. You know what? You get a you get a gold star. Thank you. Put it you down. A, I have five now. Under I'll put it under your football acumen Thank column you. right Thank over you. there. That's your second gold star. I don't remember what your five. first one was. Five. You have five. Uh, um, but. You remember Richard Sherman used to say, you know, half of his job is just trying to convince a quarterback 
to attempt the pass. That's right. That was half of his job. Half of his battle in the first place was, hey, give him, don't play so tight. Play off the guy. Just play off enough to where it's enticing him that, he the pass. that, hey, yeah, I could probably thread this in there and make that. And you're starting to see Randall do this now where you watch the replay and it's so obvious he knows he's he has an expectation of what is going to Randall sitting back there going, yeah, OK, I understand what's developing in front of me. And I'm just going to wait another moment here just to make sure that the quarterback thinks, you know, his intended target is open and then I'm going to ruin his day and end this game and take it like it's just the kind of athleticism on display there to time that perfectly, step in front, catch that football and then have the wherewithal to run all the way in the, it's just it's it's incredible. What uh, a fantastic player on this defense and uh you know he has to be in the running for most outstanding defensive player for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers cuz he's so steady, he's so consistent and uh, now he's finding ways to even elevate his game. And he almost did exactly the same thing two plays before, but the Edmonton receiver shielded him from the ball, but Randall knocked it down, and two plays later, he takes it in for the game-clinching score. That's KG stuff, man. KG. KG, I love KG. that. Yeah. Great word. KG veteran, Chris Randall. Number eight uh, on the program, number one in your heart. Now, let's look ahead to Hamilton. We don't need to talk about them for whatever. Much. They traded CJ Gable Two to points. Edmonton. Just like chalk them up now. Two points. Just uh, buy your drink tickets. Mazzoli. Now. I mean, when you when your five hundred thousand dollar quarterback is on the bench, I mean, what? Why are we playing this game? That's that's how far oh. I've gone on the other oh end of the spectrum. God. You know, Doug, you can't be talking I'm like so... this. <laughs> I'm so confident now after what they did to Edmonton. Mike O'Shea, do not okay? let this man anywhere near your nobody. Room this yeah, week. nobody. It's not like they're going to play this podcast in the locker room, anyways, right? So they're not hearing this. But honestly, if you can accomplish what you did in Edmonton, and then the only thing you have to be worried about is the huge letdown of dramatic intrigue and competition having a team like Hamilton coming on the road to your house now. So wow. It's supposed to be spectacular weather. It's going to be fantastic. I think it's going to be a big crowd if people can get more excited than I can about this game. And uh, this team is playing too well right now. Let's just call a spade a spade. It's the start of the Thanksgiving long weekend for a lot of people. Why not get out, have a good party, then head out to the cottage or whatever you're going to do with friends and family Friday night, go to IGF, make a ton of noise, support the Blue Bombers, because the uh, headline says, and I know you don't write the headline, Bomber no, fans certainly need don't. to put defeatist attitude to rest. Doug Brown has put his defeated attitude to rest right here on the Bomber podcast. We don't even need to make our predictions today, but we would be remiss if I didn't uh, take a couple moments here and ask you about what happened in Edmonton on Saturday night. You and Bob are working the game inside Commonwealth Stadium. I, I thought you were going to ask me if we are going to fire Medlock or not. That's uh, So you're going in a different direction. Direction, but okay. we don't need to fire men. Right? I know I, that it's was fine, right? It's good. I just wanted to say that because I think it's actually preposterous that people. Okay, you so know, let's rewind here. And like we actually had people call. We actually had people call into the show. Yeah, and be like, "What's going on?" With and I'm like, "Who care? I don't care if Medlock misses his next nine kicks in a row. Every single kick he makes, nine in a row, misses all of them. I'm still not worried about the guy because he's done so much." He's won so much. Uh, he's helped this offense. He has bailed out this offense more than any sump pump in the world. Okay, like he is just—he's been the while they were while, while they were getting their footing, while this offense was getting up to speed, getting to the level yeah. of execution that they're at now. Guess what? 
Guess what their crutch was? Guess what was their, hey, hey, don't worry about it. We missed that. We didn't operate. We, we weren't effective in the red zone. We didn't execute very well down there. I gotcha, right? He's done that the entire year. Couldn't care less that he missed all of his kicks, whatever. I, I don't even pay attention anymore, Medlock kicks, because either way, I'm good with them. So, anyways, continue on. I like the way you think. So let's talk about what happened outside Commonwealth Stadium. When did you learn, when did you and Bob know that this was being categorized a, 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 a terrorist attack? And when did you know there had even been an incident period? Because based on uh, the work that I do during the day and, and being the news hound that we are in the morning, it sounds as though it was very late at night before anybody in Edmonton understood that there were incidents that were of a terrorist nature. Yeah. I mean, my understanding of the timeline is that when the the driver hit the police officer uh, with the car, that ha- that happened during the game, right? And that was around uh, a stadium event where the the police officer was uh, making sure that there was no entry or whatever. Some yeah, parking crowd control, yeah. parking control, whatever, whatever right? Whatever like that was. Maybe so. one of the you know. So we didn't hear about of, that. One of the best assignments you could get. We, we obviously we didn't hear about that while we were at the game, and then afterwards, uh, you know, driving back to the hotel, there was definitely. I mean, it was an intense. Uh, you notice the police presence, but it's Saturday night in Edmonton, you know, who knows? And it's after the game, you know, it could be anything. And it wasn't until I saw really the next day and I saw a video of it that you, you know, for me, it's uh, the whole situation and scenario is not about drawing attention um, uh, to the perpetrator. It's the the heroism and, and courage and bravery of that police officer, you know, after the most cowardly and heinous of, of acts getting, you know, targeted by a moving vehicle and then having the driver come out and, and try to uh, finish the job for him, you know, to be able to ward that off. That was, uh, you know, that guy's a national hero in Canada. And that was one of the most impressive things you've ever seen from uh, a police officer on the force in, in Canada. It was just, it was incredible. And, uh, you know, it makes you so angry watching that video and, and understanding, you know, what happened after the fact with the U-Haul and, and more people, uh, that were injured from this, but you're just happy, you know, it, uh, it didn't escalate and due to the fantastic response and, um, operational, uh, success of, of the, the police forces that were there in, in hand, it was, you know, it could have been a lot worse than what it was. So, um, you know, a, a really a credit, I think, this whole scenario, a credit to the, the police officer, that individual one and the entire force out there in Edmonton to really control and, uh, and make sure that uh, the damage was very much limited. So, Constable Michael Chernick, we send out our best to you uh, and to your family. And Doug, it has to be one of those moments where you realize uh, for all the accolades and the and the adoration that you get as a professional athlete, there are individuals in our society, uh, with all due respect, who that's are, real. Who are, right, yeah, who are you know. working uh, their asses off twenty four seven. They put themselves in danger for our safety, and, and that is real, right? That, yeah, we play a game, and yeah, there's some dangerous things we do out there, but that is a whole. That's not even related. You know what what professional athletes do on that stage is not even comparable related to what happened to that police officer, how he responded, the the danger he was in, um, what he had to do to, uh, you know, 
remain viable in that situation and ward off it's just uh you know it's it's not comparable whatsoever and it's it was truly amazing and i've never seen anything like that like i was you're angry when you watch that video but you're in you're inspired and you're just uh you're just blown away that that someone had the wherewithal and you know the kind of training that it takes to to be able to navigate that situation, just unbelievable. I pride myself in having a little bit of a clever quip at the end of our podcast, but uh, no such actions today. Doug, thank you for echoing the sentiments of so many. And uh, one more time, Michael Chernick, you are a hero uh, to so many across the country. We'll be back here uh, next week. We'll do it at the same time. Doug and I will be uh, talking about the 11-3 and Winnipeg Blue Bombers on the Blue Bomber podcast with Doug Brown. The Blue Bomber podcast with Doug Brown. That is, wow, that's fantastic. I like that. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast in iTunes or at cjob.com.